You're listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. You can find out more about this and other network shows, as well as Small Town Monsters films, books, our upcoming Kickstarter campaign, and much more at smalltownmonsters.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Sunday Small Town Monsters live stream. My name is Aaron, and for some reason I am still your host. It is 100 degrees where I am, so my wish for you tonight, wherever you are, is that it is less than 100 degrees, wherever you are. We have an awesome guest that I can't wait to start chatting with tonight, but we do have a couple of announcements, a couple things we want to make sure everyone is aware of. And one of them is that you can still pre-order your copy of On the Trail of Bigfoot, Land of the Missing. We have two days, two days until the world premiere. So head over to shop.smalltownmonsters.com, get your pre-order in. That way you're one of the first to get your hands on it. I've said this several times, and I'm going to say it several more times. You really don't want to miss this film, folks. It's it's fantastic. It's a great one. You can also still pick up a copy of The Dogman Triangle, Werewolves in the Lone Star State, either digital or Blu-ray or DVD. It's up to you. You can even get all of them if you want. I, If you want to. I did. You know. And if you want to be a part of the next Small Town Monsters Kickstarter, that will be February 1st of next year. So mark your calendars. Make sure you guys are ready to go. You get a whole bunch of awesome perks and benefits by being a part of the Kickstarter. I'm going to scoot over here just a little bit. So definitely put that on your calendar. Don't miss it. And we announced it last week, but you can pick up the official Mysteries and Monsters t-shirt once again over at shop.smalltownmonsters.com. Bunch of cool stuff. Bunch of great things going on. And last but not least, Monster Fest 2 is coming up. Monster Fest 2, Canton, Ohio, June of next year. Go ahead and get your tickets over at where else? Smalltownmonsters.com. Pretty, pretty, pretty awesome stuff, folks. There's so much cool things happening in the Small Town Monsters universe all the time. So we always want to go over that stuff and make sure you don't miss any of it. But without further ado, Joining me tonight is my friend, my colleague, uh, researcher, adventurer, outdoorsman, guy who I think is really, really cool. And when I grow up, I would like to be just like him, Mr. Alexander Petikoff. <laughs> How are you, brother? <laughs> uh, thanks for that, man. Awesome. Uh, good to be with you here. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Um, thank you for teaching me how to use StreamYard. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's <laughs> yeah. It's, it can be it can be pretty interesting, you know. So, but yeah. I think you're doing an awesome job for the record. Obviously, oh, I, I was kind of hanging out, checking out the stream last week, and I think it went awesome with uh, Eli, so props. Yeah, had a good guess. And, it, you know, it, it definitely made me feel more confident knowing I had someone who knew what they were doing in the wings. So thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Before, uh, before we get into too much tonight, can we, can we learn a little bit more about you and your background, just for anybody who may not be familiar with some of your previous work? Yeah, um, I think most people in this channel will probably be familiar with me, obviously, from the channel itself, from Bigfoot Beyond the Trail. But uh, I've also done a number of uh, projects in the past. So one of the first projects I did with STM actually was called On the Trail of Champ. I have a poster for it right there. You can kind of see it. Um, that was uh, in 2017, 2018 came out, and that was about the Lake Champlain monster. Um, that was really cool. That was kind of a mini series. And that actually was technically the first ever on the trail of type format. Uh, Seth and I kind of just decided to jump into that kind of format. And, and then on the trail of UFOs came after that, a lot of other stuff on the trail of Bigfoot, of course, as well. Seth was kind of working on that right at the same time I was doing the champ thing. 
So um, that's uh, I've done that and just a bunch of other projects and other cryptids, mountain lions in the eastern part of the United States, lions of the east. There's another poster up there. I'm going to make sure I get the direction yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. It's is this all way? It's I know. All it, that's what that, it, it throws you off because you're like, oh, is it here? Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've done just a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously, I have a, um, you know, the, the series Bigfoot Beyond the Trail. I also did a YouTube channel called Sasquatch Out of the Shadows hosted a live stream on there for a while. So that's how I actually knew how to use StreamYard, which which is cool because that came in handy, obviously. But um, yeah, that's just a little bit on the kind of background of my work. But uh, I think most people here probably uh, are familiar with Bigfoot Beyond the Trail to some extent. But uh, yeah. I do I do have one really important question. And uh, yeah, I think, I think ev- this is what everybody really wants to know. So we'll get to this answer at the end of the show if nobody else knows it. But last week we had a trivia question at the start and I, I thought that was fun. So we're going to do it again. And this week we're going to find out what is Alex's number one piece of investigative gear? Because if you're me and you've been following Alex on social media for a while, you've seen his epic gear posts when he's getting ready <laughs> for an expedition and everything's all laying out and it's all fresh and cool. And, and I've always wondered what is Alex's number one piece of investigative gear and that may be a difficult question but i'm, I'm yeah i don't even know if i know the answer to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it may be like a random thing at the end possibly. yeah it, it's that's cool it, it changes it depends on the week sometimes they'll be like okay maybe this you know but it i i get you i like the question that's cool <laughs> <laughs> i could have run that by you before the show and i didn't so no that's i i dude i i love the uh the spontaneity of it that's awesome <laughs> so if you know the answer if you know or if you think you have an idea of what alex's number one piece of gear is if he's dropped off in the middle of the woods with nothing but his clothes his shoes and his hat gotta have the hat uh, what is it what is it and we'll come back to that good question we'll come good back question. to that as we go <laughs> So you you mentioned it a moment ago, but I'd like to talk a little bit more about the Beyond the Trail series and, you know, kind of where it started and how you got involved. Obviously, you know, On the Trail Champ uh, was a major work that I think a lot of us really, really enjoy. I I know I do. Um, But do you would you can you tell us a little more about the background of the series and, and how you've kind of steered it as it's evolved? Yeah, it's a really good question. So it was actually kind of formulated I want to say in like 2020 2021 actually it would have been 2020 because technically I filmed the first episode uh Grant State Bigfoot case in uh January of 2021 so uh Seth and I had been kind of talking about doing some sort of series and doing a more more laid back kind of YouTube approach uh we wanted to to try out some YouTube stuff because the we'd been doing the, like the on a trail of Bigfoot films right we had summer of 2020 we did on the trail of Bigfoot the journey which was uh, for folks that haven't seen it, it's uh, one of the On the Trail of Bigfoot films that takes place in the upstate New York region of the Adirondacks. So we spent about a week filming that. A crew of us, Mark Matsky, Seth, Adam Duke, and just a bunch of folks. My brother was actually on that one too. Andy Matsky was on that. It was a really cool shoot because it was after like the initial COVID lockdown kind of stuff. It was that summer. It was a really weird time in the world, I think. So it was kind of just this crazy adventure. Uh, and Seth and I just kind of talking about doing some sort of a series that was more boots on the ground, more investigative, because we really enjoyed some of that shoot where we got to go out with people like Steve Coles and Mike Ann of Tactical Bigfoot Research and just be in the woods and like use thermals and hang out with them. And that's stuff that I've been doing kind of on my own behind the scenes, but not really in front of the camera. And um, 
we were just talking about it and kind of spitballing ideas. And I sort of said, well, let, what about this? Like, let me do a series where I just investigate or, or document cases that I'm personally investigating, like stuff like, like in your case, you're looking at some of these Texas dogman sort of cases and you just decide to make a video about that case that you've already been doing like years of groundwork on. So that's kind of where that idea came from. And for me, it was cool because I got to a couple being in the woods, trying out kind of being on camera and, and showing my, the journey as it goes, uh, you know, as it's happening sort of to me in the woods. Um, and there's a lot of inspirations. I had one of my big inspirations, of course, was a survivor man, Les Stroud. Um, I used to watch that well before he started doing the Bigfoot stuff. Uh, just that style of filmmaking, being out in the woods, using kind of um, some of the gear and just sort of letting it evolve on its own. I, I don't think there's been a single kind of format with with Beyond the Trail. It's kind of evolved over time and it's had, I like experimenting and trying new things. Some episodes might be super investigative, others might be super interview based. It just kind of depends on what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where it came from. So it was, like I said, late 2020 is really when it got formulated. And uh, Seth was just like, yeah, I mean, do what you're going to do and free reigns. And you know, obviously I, I don't have any specific kind of weird guidelines or anything like that. I just sort of uh, do what I want with the series within reason. Obviously, I'm not going to show mm. any kind of graphic violence or anything that, you know, just I, I, I wouldn't want to do that anyway, because I, I like I have I have family friends whose kids watch Bigfoot Beyond the Trail. And I, I love hearing that. And that's something I'm cognizant of. And I like knowing that it's family friendly. But it's also if you're really into Bigfoot, you can enjoy it. But I mean, in the couple of years we've been doing it, I've gotten emails from people who have no interest in Bigfoot who will watch a video and say, that's awesome. That's a really cool comment, by the way. Hello from Serbia. Veliki pozdrav za Alex. Zdravo. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Serbian, so I can speak Serbian. So he's saying, you know, a big hello to Alex from the Northern Wolf. So that's that's pretty cool. Awesome. Appreciate that. Awesome. I love it, man. And that's that personal style that has really been woven into the On the Trail series is one of the things that I really enjoy. Um, this latest installation that we're talking about today, you know, there's there's a scene where you're just making breakfast, but even this like watching that, watching the process and seeing, OK, this is the process of just making breakfast, just starting your day, you know, when you're in the middle of the wilderness. I really enjoy that. I think it really it, it really grounds this stuff in reality, at least for me. And I, I would assume it's the same for a lot of our viewers. So I think that's awesome. We're going to divert just a tiny bit from the topic because I do want to answer this question before we get too into this. Um, the first asks, are we ever going to have a Dogman documentary? Uh, all we get is Bigfoot and aliens. We actually have a few Dogman documentaries, the first, and I'm glad you asked that question. We have American Werewolves. Uh, we have Skinwalker, Howl of the Rougarou, and uh, the Dogman Triangle, Werewolves in the Lone Star State. We do also have uh, American Werewolves, the Skinwalkers coming up very soon, which you're not going to want to miss out on. And we just announced, we just announced uh, Dogman Territory, Werewolves of the Land Between the Lakes. So um, thank you for asking that question, because yes, you can absolutely have a bunch of Dogman documentaries. Uh, we Oh, oh, and Ward's series, the title of which is suddenly escaping me, because I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Something Dogman revealed. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> don't quote yes, me on that. <laughs> I, 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 sorry. It's, yeah, sorry, guys. No, we have a lot of great dog it's, man it's, content. It's for tough you guys, to keep track so yes. of everything. I think <laughs> got us some slack. 
And that's one of the things that's so great about this show is we get to talk about it. <laughs> so, but the answer is yes. Lots of Dogman content for you guys. And thank you for the feedback. It's good to know that that's something people are interested in because it's something we're working on actively. So absolutely. Absolutely. I do have another question for Alex. And we're going to talk about this installment specifically. If you guys haven't had the chance to check out uh, Beyond the Trail, Alaska Bigfoot Highway, you're definitely going to want to do that. It's live now for everyone over on the Small Town Monsters YouTube channel. Squad members had access several days ago. Beautiful ad-free 4K, awesome stuff, $6.99 per month. And we also, we had several people join the squad this week, um, but they're not showing up in my feed here. So I can't thank everyone individually, but thank you to everyone who signed up for the squad. We're, you make what we do possible. So thank you. That's very important. For sure. Um, but one thing I'm curious about for the Alaska Bigfoot Highway, you traveled a lot of miles for this one, a whole lot. And I'm curious if you recall how many miles it was or if you have an approximation, because looking at the map in the film, like you guys, you guys went really, really far. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in total, the whole trip and this was you know, I drove from the East Coast from New Hampshire um, via Monsterfest. So that was kind of technically the start of the trip. I technically left for Monsterfest in Ohio for Alaska Sunday. And then we got to Alaska on Friday. So it was like less than a week between then round trip. And I, I, again, I was in Alaska or maybe I didn't mention this. I was in Alaska for a month. So that's the reason why I drove up there. I mean, it was just something I'd wanted to do. And this whole journey kind of worked out really well. And there's a lot of this Bigfoot stuff happened, which is pretty coincidental with a lot of the stuff that you'll see kind of in the in the video. But uh, it was, I think, 10,000 or 11,000 miles total. I have to look at my total uh, calculations. But because, you know, I was in Alaska, I was driving around a bit. Alaska is a big place. So you're just driving between, I think just driving in Alaska, I was, I drove about a thousand miles because you've got Fairbanks, which is six hours north of Anchorage. And then I was down in the Kenai Peninsula, which is another few hundred miles and back and forth. So yeah, total, uh, it's, it's about, I want to say it's 4,000 so miles from the East coast to Alaska itself, but the Alaska highway, which is primarily what's featured in this documentary is just under 1400 miles it's like 1390 so it's they rounded up to 1400 miles because you're going from dawson creek british columbia to uh, delta junction uh alaska and i have actually a map here i'll put it up on the screen here this is a map that i put in the documentary that you can see and it's kind of the alaska bigfoot highway that's what i named the highway but uh, you can see dawson creek british columbia and then delta junction alaska up at the top so this was uh, and if you watch the documentary, I do a little bit of history on the background of the uh, Alaska Highway, why it's a thing, why it exists, and why most of it goes through Canada. You think the Alaska Highway would be in Alaska, whereas, uh, you know, four-fifths of it, as you can see there, are in Canada between uh, British Columbia and the Yukon. But this map shows Bigfoot sightings along the way based on a couple of different sources, including a Canada Sasquatch map by a researcher named Kerry Kilmurray who made this awesome map and then as well as our buddy Scott over at the Bigfoot mapping project. So it's a combination of data and it, it represents individual sightings or clusters of sightings. So you can see pretty much the whole highway. It's kind of peppered with Bigfoot sightings throughout the entirety. So that's why I felt it was sort of fitting to call it the Alaska Bigfoot highway and the way the journey played out, it, it really did kind of become that. That's what I was about to say. Like that's, that's such an apt title because if you're traveling this road, 
you know, and you're mapping these sightings, which you've done, uh, it's it's really striking. Absolutely. And welcome to the squad, B. Corbin. Thank you so much. Thank that's, you. We appreciate it. Might be Brian Corbin, I think. If that's Brian, um, shout out to Brian. He is, uh, I met him at a couple events, so Heck I believe yeah. that might be Brian. Cool. Welcome, Brian. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you. Sincerely. Sincerely. And Scott says, welcome to the squad as well. And Scott also uh, knows what's going on a little better than we do. It is Werewolves Unearthed is the series that we couldn't remember the name of. But there's so much Dogman stuff, you know, sometimes it's a little hard to keep track. So thank you, Scott. Good to see you. Scott's a great guy. Awesome dude. We have a few comments in here. We've got some answers to our trivia questions. So I'll, uh, I'll throw a couple of these up there. Let's see. Toilet paper. Very important. <laughs> Depends how long you're going out there for. <laughs> yeah, it's, you definitely got to have it. Got to have that. Let's see. Tyke Love says camera. It's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good yeah, one. Yeah. And uh, Julian Gutierrez says fire starters. Hmm. Hmm. Another one. And another very good one. Fire is important. And Scott actually is on that as well fire so you guys may be telling alex what his number one piece of gear is i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> keep, keep the answers coming and we'll find out at the end of the yeah. show awesome <laughs> and uh wally a says just watch the alaskan adventure friggin awesome i appreciate the clean language because kids are watching fantastic yeah, yeah i agree we, we really try to keep it that way as, as best as we can and i'll try to bleep stuff out if uh sometimes you, know, so you get excited out in the field it's happened before and uh, you know, just kind of try to keep it on the level. Sure. Yeah. My son is not old enough to repeat words yet, but I like the fact. <laughs> <laughs> I really, and sincerely though, I really appreciate the fact that as he gets a little older, I can share all of STN's content with him and not have to worry about it. I think right. that's really important. So Absolutely. hats off to you guys for that. Hats off for that. Oh, we have one more answer here. Sidearm. So important. You're going into dangerous places. You're around wildlife. You don't know what you're going to encounter. So that's a that's a good answer. Yeah. All good guesses, folks. Y'all, y'all are y'all are smart. Y'all are smart. We have another question from the audience, and here's a fun one. Here's a real fun one. Tom Linton, what was the most convincing evidence you yourself have seen about Bigfoot? that I myself have seen about Bigfoot. Oh, that's a tough one. I, I don't know if there's a single, I think the problem with Bigfoot is you can find any individual piece of evidence and be convinced by it. And then maybe at some point that could be proven to not be real. So I think it's hard to stake or put a claim into just a single piece of evidence. I think for me, it's kind of the totality of when you look at different facets of evidence it's like you're you're adding things up so eyewitness testimony the consistency that i've seen with some of those uh pieces of footage and film hair analysis that sort of thing it's tough to say indiv individual i think but for me time and time again i'd have to say probably some of those eyewitness sort of um testimonies i've, I've had the chance now to interview i mean hundreds of people that have claimed to have seen sasquatch like uh creatures across North America. I mean, literally across North America. And um, it's the consistency of with which they describe some of this stuff in, in the sense that I mean, I'll talk to somebody in New Hampshire, and they're telling me the same thing that I'll hear years later in Alaska that somebody's telling me about behavior. It's just I don't know how these people would be able to correlate that sort of stuff. There, there's just a consistency there that's kind of a species 
in my view. So um, I don't know, that may be a bad answer, but uh, it's it's not a single piece of evidence, I'd say. It's just because some people say, oh, I saw the Patterson-Gimlin film and that convinced me. It's, you know, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of interesting parts of the Patterson-Gimlin film, but it's, it's a piece of footage. Like it can be mm -hmm. disproven. I think it's just when you start adding things together, uh, Native American stories for thousands of years of very similar, consistent sort of things, just like you're hearing with modern encounters, that is very intriguing. So um, yeah, I do believe it's just uh, when you kind of add stuff up and that's just me personally. So it's not, yeah, yeah that's kind yeah. of a complicated answer, but that's uh, no, the, the big footer answer, I guess. Answer. I think that's a great answer because, you know, it, what you have when you get really deep into something like the Sasquatch question, which is, you know, goes back very, very far. And we do have a lot of documentation, a lot of evidence, you know, all of that stuff comes together and it, it paints a picture for us. I think that's a great question or a great I, answer. Great I, question and a great answer. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Can I just take I just want to address this one comment. Yeah, because um, it's you know, it's not exactly a positive comment, I'd say, but I, I'd love to tackle it. So. Uh, this user says less breakfast and commercials for people that give you free stuff seasoning question mark and more information about the topic of bigfoot so this this is kind of annoying me um so you're getting an hour-long documentary where there's multiple interviews with people who have researched sasquatch for years larry beans baxter and i'm talking specifically about this one documentary you've got larry beans baxter you've got red grossinger talking about the yukon which has almost never been covered in sasquatch documentaries the yukon is virtually unheard of as well as, um, uh, you know, uh, Mike up there in Alaska. So you have a lot of this coverage. And I love how somebody is focusing on two minutes of us showing us cooking. And that's like, you know, that's that's what the documentary is about. People really love to fix it on that kind of stuff. And for the record, that seasoning I bought with my own money, that uh, seasoning and and the, the hot sauce I was given. Yeah, I got I got it sent to me for free. But I love being able to shout out people who send us stuff like that makes my life a little better makes their life a little better. People love, you know, uh, sending you stuff and, and knowing that you're going to actually use it. So I just find it so funny that out of such a long documentary, that is like the two minutes that people choose to fixate on. And I'm not angry. I'm just saying it just kind of irks me because it's like you just disregard all of the interviews and all of the other stuff that was doc that was talked about in the film, local sightings, again, the interviews with people like Red and Larry Beans Baxter and others. So I just wanted to address that. And I just I, I just always find that funny when people get so obsessed with that. Well, how much more information could I cram into it? Right. So, yeah. yeah. Rant over. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And yeah, we, we always want to thank the people who support us and make our lives easier. And I like mule sauce. I, I think it's really good. It's, so it's when, for, when, a, for a sticker company. Like you would not expect them to make good hot sauce, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> like it's when, awesome. when I when I saw it in the video, I was like, yes, I have some of that in my fridge right now. It's great stuff. Yeah, it's I'm pretty cool. Yeah, I'm with but you. yeah, no, it's again, it's just about people. If they send you something like it's awesome to just be able to shout them out and be like, hey, this is awesome. Thank you for sending me this or or a product I like a lot of the things I showcase like that seasoning. I bought that at Monster Fest from Appalachian Huntsman. I thought it was a great seasoning. It was an awesome seasoning. We put on eggs. We put on burgers. We put on everything on that trip. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of made a little plug for it. But I guess, you know, we should we should focus on more Bigfoot info. Like, I'll plug Appalachian Huntsman <laughs> right now. Get over to Appalachian Huntsman and get yourself some seasonings. Like, that's... I'll, I'll, I just yeah, find that funny. Yeah, you. no, absolutely. It's good stuff. I'm with you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you kind of answered this question a little while ago, but I think it's really cool that you got to go on this trip with your brother. 
you know, like getting to do this stuff with your family, with someone you're close to, I think is fantastic. And my question was going to be, have you guys had the chance to do this stuff before together? Um, but I forgot about, you know, <laughs> that being in the original Beyond the Trail. So, but is this something that you guys did prior to your involvement with STM? Would you go out in the wilderness together and look at this stuff or has it been more of a, more of a recent thing? Yeah, um, it's a good question. So yeah, he hasn't been as involved. He actually got obviously come to Alaska with me. He's in the dark coast as well. Um, so you've seen him in there and he was in this and he'll be in a couple of the other episodes along the way. It was really cool to be able to go with him. We've only ever done one other kind of road trip together. And it was actually from uh, Dallas, Texas to uh, New Orleans. And we did a kind of Southern monster trip. This was back in 2019. We went and just drove went to Falk, Arkansas, hung out with Lyle Blackburn. That was my first time in Falk, obviously Boggy Creek Monster. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we went down to just the Honey Island Swamp, kind of all those areas that uh, I think are really neat down there in the, in the south, because where we grew up in New Hampshire, which is a mountainous state here in the northeast. So going to swamps, it's for me, is kind of a cool experience. It's just so different. I mean, going to a place like Alaska, British Columbia, beautiful, right? But I'm used to being in mountainous places. It's I'm very comfortable in that kind of environment. Even more in the summertime, it can get cold at night and you need to put a jacket on. I, I love that. So for me, swamps are super cool. So being able to go with him on that original kind of road trip was awesome. And then doing this one was, of course, uh, incredible because it's just such a monumental task. Uh, and it's something I've wanted to do for a long time and being able to document the journey as well and then create a film out of it because I originally wasn't even sure if I was going to have enough material to make a film out of just this road trip. I thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll make a cool kind of personal video, but it was all this coincidental stuff that started happening. And then it was all like a lead up to the Boreal Bigfoot Expo that we were up in Fairbanks for. And just those strange incidents I had with two of the people that were going to be at the conference, learning about them on the route as was in the film. And if you watch, you'll kind of understand what I mean by that. So, so yeah, it's always cool to be able to share something like that with somebody who's kind of like your best friend, right? So especially if it's your brother. So that for me was an awesome kind of personal journey. I think that's great. Yeah, I love that, man. I love it. Uh, oh, here's a great question from Gina Maria. Uh, how can we see the early works, like the Champ video? Where can people find On the Trail of a Champ? Yeah, so you can actually see it on this channel. If you go down, I think, in the playlist, you can find it. You'd, you'd have to look way back to like 2018, 2019 on the YouTube channel if you're looking in the general videos tab. But there's a playlist because there's five episodes. I think they're each 20 minutes long. So it's a kind of a mini series. And if you go on Amazon, I believe it's on Amazon as a feature film. We kind of just combined all the episodes into something that's about an hour long. Uh, so you can check it out there, but probably the easiest place would be right here on this channel. Again, there's a playlist. Uh, go check that out. Uh, and awesome. it's come a long way. I'll put it that way. We'll just, uh, we'll say <laughs> that. It's it's an older video. Cut me some slack. Obviously, hey, as, a, no. as a filmmaker, it's tough to watch your older stuff and not cringe. But It's, uh... <laughs> it's, it's the same as a writer. It's the same as a podcaster. It's right. the same as a guy that does live interviews on the Internet. So It's no, just so like that, that oh, what was I doing story. back then kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I Don't we all do that, though, with everything in life? You know, like it's tough. now we have Facebook. It used to be MySpace when you and I were younger. And you'd go back and look at your old pictures and go, oh, man, what was I doing? Doesn't mean anything though, because it's a great documentary. So check it out. Great. Thank you, Gina. That's a great question. Appreciate it. I really appreciate that. 
we've had a lot of really great comments um, and I've been throwing them up on the screen as we go here, but uh, just want to thank everybody for your, your positive feedback and, you know, for tuning into the show tonight. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. I should have said this at the beginning, um, but please go ahead and drop your comments and your questions in the chat. We want to hear from you. We want to be able to answer you. You guys are already doing that. So thank you. Keep it up. <laughs> for sure. Here's a here's another great question on that topic from Alter Existence. Alex, in your trip to Alaska, how did the handprint on the cabin impact you? Okay, so that's referencing our trip from last year, uh, some of the stuff that's covered in the Alaskan Coastal Sasquatch Part 2, specifically with the handprint. You see a little synopsis of it in the Dark Coast as well. How did it impact me? Um, it was just interesting. I found it really intriguing because of the situation there at that area a at the site mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i mean I'm, we're still kind of waiting on results to see if that can possibly has any viable dna or any sort of any kind of sample that might be gathered from that that's with the legend meets science 2 kind of project one of the samples in that's in that project so um yeah just in terms of impact i found it really interesting to me it's one of those things where a lot of times you can find a footprint in the woods that's maybe just a kind of indistinct shape and oh maybe it's a bare double print unless it's you know something crystal clear but we're talking 90 percent of what people find is just a big shape in the in the dirt or in the leaves or whatever could be a bare double print could be a moose stepping in its own print right there's you kind of run through the scenarios where something like this was just to the point where you could say well this is 50 50 either a human because humans and primates so chimps gorillas stuff like that uh, are the only ones that have these dermatoglyphics, which would be the lines that you have in your hands. Those lines, that's really only in primates. So finding a handprint like that on the back of a cabin is really a situation where you it's a 50-50 either human or something human-like. What that would be in Alaska, of course, would be the question, right? And it, it's totally possible it could be human. That's, of course, a, 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 a realistic possibility. But again, 50-50, you have the chance to say, well, it's not a moose. I mean, that's not a bear print. Bears don't, it just, it's not. I mean, and we, I had sent that, I was in communication with primatologists end of last year when I was working on the Alaskan coastal Sasquatch. And they said, yeah, that's absolutely, you know, a primate. They said most likely human, which is understandable uh, because that's the only primate in Alaska that would make sense, right? Because Sasquatch doesn't officially exist. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the impact was just, it was really interesting. It, it got me to be able to talk to a bunch of primatologists and people uh, through emails and kind of try to work towards a resolution to that. But, um, and it's interesting because it plays in a little bit of the stuff we theorize at the cabin there where there may be activity when people leave and that's when there seems to be stuff going on. It's almost like there are people, like as Larry Beans Baxter kind of put it in the first episode of Dark Coast, he thinks they show up when people, after people left after a few days when it kind of goes quiet, maybe they get a little more comfortable. It's all just a theory. It could be totally wrong too, but that's just kind of, um, you know, it's interesting. And there's, there's been stories about handprints being found and that sort of stuff in other parts of the U.S. too. So it's not like the first time, but definitely interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely other cases out there where people are <clears throat> seeing handprints and maybe less common than footprints because feet right. are always on the ground. Hands aren't always on surfaces. So, you know, but that's a great question. Thank you, Alter Existence. Appreciate that. Um, here's one that is near and dear to my heart. So we're definitely going to cover this one. <laughs> uh, Julian asks, what does Alex think about Dogman being a different kind of Bigfoot? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think it seems to be something else. 
I don't know what Dogman is. I don't look into the topic much like Aaron does. So I don't really have a good knowledge basis to kind of pull that info from like I would if you're asking more about Bigfoot. Uh, the only kind of thing that comes to mind to me is I have a report from New Hampshire that I took of a guy claiming he saw Sasquatch, but it was kind of scratching its back up against the telephone pole and had almost like a snout-like feature. Mm-hmm. I, th- I was thinking, and it was kind of a cinnamon color, so I'm thinking maybe cinnamon black bear. But he said, no, it wasn't a bear. Dog man, but he, he thought it was a Sasquatch. So I don't know really what to make of that, honestly. I have the report somewhere. I'd have to dig it up. But aside from that, the only other thing I really did in the past was I did a thing on the Rougarou at one point. Um, down in Louisiana, but that's a very different, I think, than some of the more contemporary dogman kind of stuff. It's more rooted in uh, like the French Acadian culture and kind of Catholicism. I mean, even when we were there, it's like you throw 13 pennies at the Ruguru because it can't count past 12 or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's how you kind yeah. of keep it at bay. I mean, I don't, I've never heard of anyone doing that for, you know, land between the lakes or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I think. I have heard that theorized, though. People say, well, maybe it's just a Bigfoot with a baboon-like face because baboons can look, have that very, that kind of wolf-like snout, I guess, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that doesn't seem to be the case. Whatever this dogman thing is, I can't really wrap my mind around it. Um, and I, I don't know very many people who think it's some sort of a flesh and blood, undiscovered bipedal dog i don't know <laughs> i really i really yeah. don't know what to make of it but there are it's it's always seems to be there's like a negative connotation to it at least i mean i don't know what your experience is with that aaron you know better than i do um, but everything i've heard and stuff that like seth has told me back in the day even when they were doing stuff like the beast of bray road he said there was weird occult talk like in the town and there was occult kind of things in, involved in some way or another and nobody that had an encounter described it as being any kind of positive or interesting. Whereas when you look at Sasquatch reports, I mean, so many people I've talked to, and for a number of them, it was the most incredible thing they've ever seen. And they spend their whole life trying to replicate that moment of having a Sasquatch sighting, whereas some people have seen a Sasquatch and it leaves them with PTSD and they're scared to go in the woods and never go mm-hmm. hunting again. So with the Sasquatch sightings, the, the spectrum is so wide. It's genuinely, I've seen extremes on both cases and plenty in the middle. Whereas at least from what I know from Dogman stuff that I've heard and obviously stuff like American Werewolves that STM has done, it seems to be pretty solidly in the negative camp as opposed to, you know, I don't, I've never heard anyone saying I saw a Dogman, now I want to spend the rest of my life trying to find it and it was, such, it was the greatest moment of my life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard that. I mean, it could be wrong, but uh, it just seems pretty different than the Bigfoot topic overall. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And we're here to talk about the Alaska Bigfoot Highway, not Dogman stuff necessarily, but having written a book on it, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, there do seem to be um, some key differences, like some very hallmark differences that separate what we perceive as Sasquatch and Dogman encounters. So great question, Julian. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Um, Let's see. Oh, here's a great question from Ronnie. Alex, have you had an encounter with Sasquatch? So this is a complicated question, I guess. Um, not that I know of, so I can't confirm. Like I've never had a visual sighting, but as you've seen in some of the Bigfoot Beyond the Trails, I've had encounters that of something. I can't say what it is. I could be totally encountering something else. But um, some of the encounters we've had, some of the stuff I've had happen to me, could only really be described as possible Sasquatch behavior. So you get like rocks thrown at you, the whoops, the wood knocks, that sort of stuff. And if it's more than one of those occurring 
within like the same event that's that's intriguing because it sort of fits like if you were to encounter a mountain lion in the woods there's certain things that mountain lions do maybe you're hiking on the trail and you find little dirt piles and you find scat you find uh, you know smells like cat pee uh, there's sort of characteristics that because that's a species there's certain things they do whereas maybe you never saw the animal so i can place you know having and i've had encounters with mountain lions like that where you have little clues as to what may be going on so i can say well probably encountered a mountain lion it wasn't in the area so that's kind of the same way i categorize some of the sasquatch stuff i can't confirm and obviously um you know if i i would if i could i would you know say otherwise but um, they fit the purported Sasquatch kind of behavior uh, profile that's out there. So um, that hopefully that will change at some point. But that is, as of current standing, kind of the uh, the extent of potential encounters that I've awesome. had. Yeah, yeah. If you if you watch a lot of Alex's work, um, there are several moments that you'll note where you're like, that I think that might have been it. I think I think it's right there. Um, and I could name a couple, but you know. Y'all don't want to hear me talk. Uh, great. <laughs> One of our squad members, Dewey Edwards, in the audience tonight. Hello, Alex and Aaron. Hello, Dewey. Thanks for hey being there. here, my friend. Great to see you. Great to see you. And here's another great one. Great comments tonight, folks. Again, thank you so much. We love, we love having you here with us. What I love about Alex's shows is that you look at all possibilities and don't jump to conclusions. True scientific view. Yeah, I agree with that. Thanks. Yeah, it's just it's just about trying to be again, if you can't if like I don't see something, even if I were to see a Sasquatch, I'd still probably doubt it. Right. Of course, you go in the woods looking for it and you see it. You should probably be skeptical even of your own sighting because the human mind can play all sorts of weird tricks. But I think the problem is so many um, people have encounters in the woods and they just immediately chalk it up to it had to have been Sasquatch when there's a whole host of other things you could have encountered. Mm -hmm. It's just something to consider. I just for me, I think. I have a pretty high criteria for evidence as well. So that's kind of uh, maybe colors a little bit of my attitude. Um, generally, it's it's if it's too hard to believe or it's it just seems a little far fetched. It probably is. It's been my general experience, unfortunately, a lot of times. So, um, you know, for me, it's like I want to be able to confirm it 100 percent before I can really throw my weight under something, uh, mm. because, you know, in this topic, a lot of times you're only as good as your word. Right. And if your reputation is that you just kind of jump the gun and you 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 are disproven later or something that you claimed as a Sasquatch could be disproven, then I don't think that's, uh, you know, and if you don't fess up to it or, or say, hey, I was wrong because it's OK to be wrong. It totally is. We, are, we all make mistakes, but uh, some people don't want to kind of seem like they're wrong. But I think having a kind of cautious approach to it is smart because we're dealing with such a topic that's so unknown. There's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of things that just don't make sense that we don't maybe even understand. So it's hard to kind of say stuff with certainties. And remember that saying only Sith speak in absolute. So uh. <laughs> heck yeah, I had a Star Wars joke worked into my notes tonight. and I threw it out for some reason. And now I don't remember it. But I'm I picked up the, the slack. Yeah. <laughs> perfection, perfection, great. which which a, a brief aside, that statement in and of itself is an absolute. But anyway, <laughs> Um, fun, fun behind the scenes question here, RHCP and IR94. Uh, where did you get the images for the Alaskan Highway? Were they AI generated? Um, I mean, I don't know what they mean by the images. Everything we filmed there was like we were there. I don't, 
I mean, some of the artistic renditions of like Sasquatches, yeah, that's AI, just because that's kind of easier to to do, just kind of get a general, um, just artwork for filling in a little bit of time, somebody saying, this is what happened during this encounter. So it's not exactly obviously what they saw, but no, everything else is, uh, we filmed everything. I mean, we, we were there, like, it's not like we filmed it on a green screen. <laughs> we're, like, we're driving to Alaska and we're on a green screen. No, that'd be funny. Um, but I, I totally understand because nowadays people, uh, you can kind of fake anything almost. So, um, yeah. yeah. Ideally, we would have nothing but, you know, actual photographs and actual images, but, yeah. you know, an hour long documentary, we got to we got to bring in some artistic license. Yeah. And it's and for me, it's just a little easier. I'll use a little bit of that. But a lot of those like the map. I mean, for example, that map that I pulled up earlier. Uh, where is it right here? This one I created myself. I, I just took Google Earth image of the highway and I drew the the um, the the actual highway route in red, you can see. And then I added the little Bigfoots in there based on the map. It took me about, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes to make it just because I was having a find exactly where those Sasquatch sightings were and place them relatively in the same part of the highway. So mm -hmm. a lot of that time, some of that artwork, I'll just end up doing myself and just create little maps or some of the stuff with like some of the Google Earth studio, you can do some of these kind of moving images. So you'll see some of those 3D mountain shots that are just used to sort of illustrate, well, this is what this area looks like for more of like a satellite view, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's, there's, you know, the AI stuff, the AI, AI, I can't speak, the AI stuff. <laughs> I don't know why that's such a tongue twister. The AI stuff is just part <laughs> of, yeah, it's just part of kind of what we do for visuals. I mean, we'll do recreations. We have, you'll see probably a lot of my films as well as Eli's and, and like uh, Sasquatch on Earth. You'll see a lot of the, the recreations we do in the suit. We've filmed a bunch of those over the years. We also have some 3D art that was done at some point. So we use a bunch of different types of visuals. It's like a visual aid during an interview or something like that. Whereas obviously everything we're filming in the moment is going on in, in front of us. And it's just, we're just happening to film it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what's so cool. I think about, and I've, I've been a full disclosure. I've been a small town monsters fan way longer than I've been <laughs> working with the team. So, you know, I've always enjoyed the mix of recreations and of computer assisted art and hand-drawn art mixed in with the eyewitness testimonies. For me, it, it really helps paint the picture and, and ground it in reality. That's just my opinion. Nobody asked me. Um, let's see. <laughs> oh, here's a fun one. This question is about my home state. So we've got to, we've got to get to this. Uh, Michael Tovar, Alex, any plans for going back to Florida for skunk ape investigations? I, I sure hope so. Yeah, I've got some ideas up my sleeve. Um, obviously, we've done two previous investigations. Actually, no, I'm, I'm totally wrong. We've done like five investigations in Florida because we did that crazy trip summer or uh, winter of early 2022. Eli, Tate and I, where we drove from literally Miami to North Georgia and went Bigfooting all along the way. So we went to the Everglades. We went to the Green Swamp. Ocala National Forest, the Panhandle, and then I went back this winter and was in kind of the Everglades, Big Cypress area again. So I really like Florida, like the investigating side of things. There's some really weird stuff out there. It's like the Australia of North America, I call it, because you've got these habitats where we, we, you know, we find Florida panther stuff out there, and that's something I'm a topic I'm big on. Black bears, you've got alligators and crocodiles, only place in the world they live in the same place. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we had a black bear sighting out there, uh, those invasive pythons. I mean, you have all this crazy stuff in one place and you have the skunk ape stories on top of that. It's like 
this yeah. place is wild. And dude, those environments are so beautiful. Just being able to spend time down there uh, when it's not 100% humidity is, is pretty awesome. And I know you, you, you being a Floridian, you probably appreciate the, the little window in, in January that you kind of probably had there where it kind of settles down. And when we were there last year, I mean, it was record cold temperatures. It was like end of January. And we had like 24 degree weather while camping. That's 24 degrees of. anywhere is cold to camp. Okay. That's so unheard especially of. Yeah. in Florida, we were like, we want our money back. What is this Florida? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, all, all I have a working theory that everyone from Florida of which I am one is actually a lizard person. So yeah, you, you drop, you drop below 40. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah. You start uh, dropping out of the trees like iguanas, right? Literally, <laughs> literally. Yes. No, Florida, Florida is a crazy place, man. It's it a, is, it's a yeah. swamp in the middle of the ocean. Like it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a mind-boggling place and then you've got all these people crammed on just the coast and then you go in between there's nothing in between <laughs> literally yeah. there's nothing yeah. but swamps it's crazy and that's one thing that's really great about the investigations you guys have done out there because if you haven't spent a lot of time in florida people probably don't realize that it is you know a lot like other parts of the country very varied and diverse in the yeah. environments and the biomes that you encounter so i mean there's a whole it. wildlife corridor that goes from the everglades to the northern part of the state that a lot of these animals use to traverse and the area of the everglades and big cypress and there's a couple other state parks the, the panther national wildlife refuge as well it's like over three million acres of protected forest land i mean that's like twice the size of the state of rhode island and that's there's nothing really there there's a couple roads that go through but it's swamp and woods so people say there's no wilderness out there go spend some time down there it will kick your butt there is. Yeah. I, I can see where people would get that idea. If you look at a map of the United States, you know, and you look at Texas or Montana or even California, you're like, oh, yeah. well, look, look how narrow and small Florida is compared to these other states. But it's a crazy diverse environment. It's such a juxtaposition. And these new housing developments, like these condos, literally in people's backyards, they'll have alligators and Florida Panthers eating their cats and all this other stuff going on right in the same habitat. So, mm -hmm. and because it, it's, it's not like other places where there's, it goes urban, suburban, rural, there's a transition there. It's like, nope, my backyard is a 30,000 acre swamp. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a I hard have, cut. Yeah. Having had a, having had snapping turtles and alligators in my backyard, I can vouch <laughs> for that. I can vouch for that. Um, sorry, we'll get away from Florida. I just had to. I had no, to. No, it's awesome. We had to get into that. <laughs> so I want. I'd like to change gears a little bit um, and talk about Land of the Missing, which is coming out on Tuesday, folks. Get ready because you're also in that film. You know, between this most recent installment of Beyond the Trail, the Alaska Bigfoot Highway, um, and On the Trail of Bigfoot, Land of the Missing, how do these films either contrast or complement each other? Um, kind of a vague question, but I'm curious as to, to what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, it's a good question. So on the trail of Bigfoot Land of the Missing was one of the projects we did on our initial Alaska trip, May of 2022. So that would have been when the Alaskan Coastal Sasquatch Part 1 and 2 were filmed, as well as on the trail of Bigfoot, The Last Frontier. I have a poster for it up there. Uh, Last Frontier. <laughs> right. So there, yeah, it's just kind of part of the... Uh, I don't want to call it the wider STM Alaska universe, but it kind of is at this point because uh, we knew I knew I wanted to focus on Alaska again after having gone there last year, just how interesting it was. And now we have Alaska related videos pretty much coming out until the end of the year, at least on my end. I mean, between the Dark Coast series and then all the Bigfoot Beyond the Trail stuff with Alaska specifically. But um, this film is interesting because I think it's 
it kind of stands in its own category, whereas a lot of the other ones, they are, they're either investigations or they're focusing in on a certain area, whether it's area A or on the trail of Bigfoot. The last frontier was just like, here's a crash course on the Bigfoot topic in Alaska. And it's everything that entails there. This is a little bit different. This is, from what I understand, when we were up there, this movie kind of fell into Seth's lap in a way. I don't think it was necessarily planned. It was kind of like they did so many interviews and so many of went so many of them went in a strange direction. There was missing people stories. There was I mean Alaska is a place where a lot of people go missing every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just the past couple of weeks, Larry Beans Baxter has been sending me articles of people who have gone missing just a couple hours outside of Fairbanks. Uh, some of the areas that we were in that'll be in future uh, Beyond the Trail episodes. So there's a lot of people go missing in Alaska. So there's that more more so than other places. So there's that kind of element. And some of the stories they were getting while they were filming on the trail of Bigfoot was just strange. So I think that's kind of where Land of the Missing came out of. It's a little bit of a departure, I think, from some of the more, I don't want to say benevolent, but more the, sto- the on the trail of Bigfoot stories and the stories you're used to from STM, where it's more of a focus on Bigfoot, the habitat, the people who've encountered it, whereas this takes a little bit more of a sinister kind of twist. Um, and it's it's kind of just opening the possibility, well, is it possible, as Cliff Berrickman says in the trailer, and you can see it in the film, you know, is it possible that some of these people maybe go missing because of Sasquatch? Potentially, because, you know, it is, it is some sort of a creature that lives in wilderness areas that um, uh, can be potentially dangerous, like anything else mm-hmm. out there. I mean, there's a possibility for it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting a film. I mean, I know it is an interesting film. I've seen it. I should amend that, but it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and it was cool to be able to kind of talk about just in the film as well, my own perspective about so many of the reasons why people go missing in Alaska. Uh, mm-hmm. Just you, you fall off a trail and you're never seen again. I mean, it's, it's some places in Alaska are just so treacherous and dangerous, uh, and it's it's like that in a lot of places. But I think Alaska exemplifies that and kind of amplifies it as well. Yeah, I think we forget. Again, this is me editorializing. Nobody asked me, but I think we forget how big the world is, like how vast, even just the United States, how vast it is. So, yeah. yeah. And that's something I actually got to cover in, obviously, the Alaska Bigfoot Highway is. Mm-hmm. And I said that at the beginning and people can go check it out. And I mean, trying to understand how large North America is, it's, it's actually ridiculous. Canada is the second biggest country on Earth, by the way. I mean, it's monstrously enormous and there's just not a lot between the sparsely populated areas and most of Canada's population lives about an hour from the U.S. uh, border. I think it's like 60% of Canada's population lives south of North Dakota. Look that up because everyone lives in that Toronto kind of metro area and then you just start driving into these areas and, and having seen so much of the U.S., so the lower 48 and parts of Alaska previous to driving driving up to Alaska, I was like, man, there's still so much space out there. But even I wasn't prepared for how much was out there when I drove from the lower 48 to Alaska. You just kind of look at it on a map. And as, as I as I kept saying, you could just walk off a mile off of that highway at any point, really, and just disappear and never be seen again. I mean, it's it's that it's that crazy. And that's just one little piece of humanity that's going through this desolate wilderness. And I also put that in the film, the idea this is all just one big habitat that this this place belongs to the wild. It doesn't belong to Canada. It doesn't belong to the United States. It's claimed that on a map, right? But it's tech it's just a wild area. I mean, these animals don't know. This just for them is their domain. 
um, and potentially the Sasquatch. I mean, there's so much space out there. It's it's frightening, actually, how much space is out there. And you don't get a feel for that unless you've actually physically kind of seen it, which is which is crazy. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. We can look at we can look at maps. We can look at drone footage, you know, which you guys have some great landscape shots in this film. Like, I, I, I think a lot of us are, are like we see those landscape shots. and We're like, yes, that's STM. But something about the ones in this film really struck me. These mountain ranges and these rivers, the erosion pillar, you know, such yeah. cool stuff. The 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 signpost forest. I mean, just such interesting, that was crazy, yeah. <laughs> such interesting locations that you may not even necessarily think of when you think of Alaska. I certainly didn't. But you did a great job of profiling them and, and giving us a look. Well, and that's that's something I should just add quickly is that the Alaska Highway is just something so unique. It's this one little kind of I mean, it's the main road essentially to get from the lower 48 to the state of Alaska, which a lot mm -hmm. of people kind of forget that Alaska is so far away. Uh, they had to build this highway there and it goes through so many of these places. And most of the people that go up there are, are probably people that are moving to or from Alaska. So that's one of the motivations. You have some people doing it for fun, obviously, tourists and whatever, a lot of retirees. Uh, just they'll take like two, three weeks and drive the whole highway. We did it in three and a half, three and a half days. They'll do it in their campers. And that's where some of those encounters happen. Like the, one of the stories that Larry talked about um, with the woman moving up to Alaska and having an encounter while in her camper. And that's kind of where this sort of stuff happens. But it's really cool to be able to not only highlight some of the things that made the Alaska Highway special, but also just those Bigfoot elements, which... I don't think I've ever really been covered at all. And as I showed at that map, I mean, the sightings are just all across the board, pretty much on every part of the Alaska Highway, essentially. Mm -hmm. You have good habitat or potential previous encounters. So, um, yeah, it's just that part of the world is, is, is something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great, that's a great point. <clears throat> great point. A lot of awesome comments in here. I want to take a couple more audience questions because we are coming up on the hour, but we've got some great, great questions here. Uh, Wally asks, plans for any European trips? That may be a question for Seth if we ever get him on the show in the, in the future. <laughs> Hint. But uh, you want to go to Europe? You want to go to Europe, Alex? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, originally my family's, <laughs> my family's from there, so I have an excuse to go over there. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've thought about it. I mean thing is like Western Europe, my family's from Southeast Europe. So the Balkan region, kind of that former Yugoslavia area, there's, there's not really a lot of Sasquatch modern stories. There's older stories. So it'd be more of a, like Serbia, for example, that's kind of known for vampires. Like that's where the word vampire comes from in English, mm -hmm. right next to Romania, obviously famous for like Vlad, uh, the Impaler, or Dracula, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot more kind of like black magic stuff there. There are older stories of Bigfoot-like creatures, but they're kind of more in the vein of those European wood woes kind of encounters. Most of the contemporary Bigfoot-like stuff, if we want to call it that, happens in places like the Caucasus or even Russia. Uh, but those are technically in Asia, like the Asian parts of Russia towards Siberia and China and those kinds of areas. So, mm. yeah, it's like... You know, you go to France and look for Bigfoot. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's much going on there. There are people that claim there's stuff in the UK, um, and that for me is a hard sell, uh, to be honest. But I mean, I'm open to possibilities. But I just, if it's a natural phenomenon, I just don't see that as a possibility personally. Sure. But yeah. um, if we're talking paranormal, then I guess, I guess you could find them in city parks in like New York too. So, sure. um, 
curious we don't have those kinds of reports though but uh yeah so it's it's interesting i would definitely like to to, to make that answer um sure it would be cool again you know being having family roots over there obviously it's i have another reason to go over there too sure yeah tell you what folks if you want us to go to europe back the kickstarter february 1st <laughs> next year <laughs> Matt's tube of you, squatting Slav Sasquatch. Those stickers were awesome. Slav Sasquatch only answers to Babushka. <laughs> I did like those stickers. I love, yeah, that's a design. Actually, shout out to Jonathan Dodd for, uh, for I, I kind of thought of that one day. I'm like, Slav Squatch. How has nobody ever thought of that? You know, you get the Slav Squat. I'm like, Slav Squatch. And I told Jonathan Dodd, I'm like, hey, can you cook up this design for me? And obviously, he makes complete fire work. So it was like, it looked awesome. And I thought that'd be cool to just stick them up along the Alaska highway. So if any of you guys ever drive the Alaska highway and you come across those stickers on some of those signs, take some pictures of it, send it to me, and maybe I'll send you some of those stickers. So yeah. challenge on. <laughs> you know where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. I, re I realized the other day, this is a brief aside. I have no fewer than seven t-shirts that were designed by Jonathan. Dye. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Great guy. Amazing artist. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There's one final question that I want to make sure I ask, and I hope this will be of, of interest to some folks. What advice do you have for the intrepid cryptozoologist, the burgeoning researcher? You know, if, if I'm interested in getting out in the field and doing what you do, you know, what, what advice might you offer? Where should I start? Just have fun with it. Don't take yourself too seriously. I mean, take yourself seriously, but don't, you know, it's at the end of the day, most people are doing this as kind of like a hobby. It's kind of an escape from maybe other things you got going on in life. It's just, it's a, it's glorified camping. That's what Bigfooting is in a lot of cases. Um, you know, there are serious research projects, projects that go on in Bigfooting and I'm not trying to, to negate that, but most of the time it's fun. You don't need to be a PhD scientist to go out and have fun and, and go hike with your friends because discoveries happen with normal people. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we're going to bring this back to Florida real quick, but the state of Florida, they use uh, their, their wildlife commission, which is kind of like their fishing game department for Florida Panthers. They use a uh, Florida Panther tracker where you as a citizen, and I've personally done this, I've reported two different footprint finds to the Florida wildlife commission. You go on their website and you can find those footprints listed on there among, amongst many other sightings and footprints and that sort of thing. So they're using crowd source data by normal people who just happen to run into these animals to color in their map and do research based on what people are reporting. So we have stuff like the Bigfoot Mapping Project. You can, if you have an encounter with Bigfoot, you can go report it on there. I mean, we even had some from our videos reported to the Bigfoot Mapping Project and that sort of thing. So no discoveries happen with normal people. You don't need to be have some super awesome skill set. If you do, if you if you're really good with tech or you have some kind of academic background, I think that's great. That'll obviously help uh, kind of part of your perspective. But um, I've talked to people who are extremely educated, and I've talked to people who have have no education, but they know the woods better than probably anybody. And you you have that spectrum where uh, people have different ways of looking at things. So I'd say just at the end of the day, have fun with it because it's if you get out in the woods especially in this day and age with how crazy everything is and tech and all that stuff, disconnect for a little bit, re regroup with nature. I think that's an awesome thing and just have fun with it. That's, I guess, my biggest kind of advice I'd say, and just stay safe out there in the woods. You never know what's out there. Um, and uh, just make sure you have fun and as everyone does it safely, I think that's awesome. Awesome. No, it's great advice. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of value 
just in going to these places. You know, even if you don't document or discover anything, even if you don't have any kind of an encounter, just getting out into these wild spaces, getting back in touch with our roots. Sorry, you you said that already, but I just no, you're I absolutely. That's, it's, I think it's, that's an awesome answer. Yeah, for sure, really important. So before we conclude, Alex, we're right at sixty minutes. We have to know. What is Alex's number one piece of investigative um, investigative gear? I can't talk either. Ooh. What is what is your what do you think it is? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that back at you real quick. <laughs> I was gonna say the hat, but I I kind of I kind of backed myself into a corner at the beginning by saying not the hat uh, because that's a given, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, you're indoors, so you're not wearing it because you're, you're a gentleman. So I get that, but the hat is is essential. Um, the, the hat is definitely a good one. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna See, I'm gonna give my answer to this question, and and yeah. I don't know if it's the same for you, but uh, notebook, gotta write stuff down. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, See, I don't know. It, this is the problem, right? It changes. It depends on the situation. I think gear, that's what's so cool about gear is you can be in a place where one piece of gear might work really well. But if I had like a favorite piece of gear, I would say, or, or what was the, the question was uh, number one piece of investigative gear. Oh, investigative. Yeah, that could mean favorite. That could mean most useful. I intentionally okay. did that ambiguously. So I know. I'm going to throw a curveball <laughs> on this one. But I'm going to say favorite piece of investigative gear, gear currently and I've talked about this before, is actually an app, which is Scaniverse, which is one of those 3D scanning apps. And I talked about this, I think, on the live stream with Heather a few weeks ago, but that is the one that lets you take 3D scans of footprints and you can check them out. Ooh. So this is one from Area A. So that's a bit of a curveball. Oh, not, wow. Because it's investigative gear, you know, this is not something like my Garmin GPS or, uh, you know, a, a sidearm or something that I need for to keep myself safe and alive or water filter. Mm -hmm. Very important, right? That's probably mm -hmm. probably one of the most important things you can have in terms of staying alive is your water filter. Um, this is investigative. So I think lately I've really been appreciating being able to use this and just scanning footprints and that sort of thing. So um, that's been kind of cool for me. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's just a neat one because you can you can get your 3D scan, you can measure it and that sort of thing. And um, I will say though, probably there's, I see there's a couple people saying either Fleur or um, Thermal. I think that's definitely probably after, if, if it weren't for the 3D scanning app, that would be the number one is the Thermal. Just, it's such a cool piece of tech. I'll accept that answer too. We'll put it that awesome. way. Awesome. That's a cool so, one. And I've got a bunch of my, the Thermals up there on the shelf behind me. And those are, those are great, obviously. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, we're at an hour. I want to make sure we're respectful of everybody's time. Um, Alex, thank you so much, my friend. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, thank you for having me on, man. Awesome job with this ongoing series. I know it's going to be awesome. Um, thank you. And thanks, everyone, for checking it out. If you haven't seen it again, it's the Alaska Bigfoot Highway. It just came out earlier today. Heck, yeah. Check it out, folks. You can get it on the Small Town Monsters YouTube channel right now. Uh, squad members, get access to all this stuff a few days early, ad-free, 4K. And keep an eye on the Small Town Monsters social feeds for updates on everything we've got coming up. We've got a lot of great stuff in the works for you guys, and we can't wait to share it. So without further ado, I hope everybody has a great evening. Alex, you be well, and we will all talk together again very soon. Bye-bye. All right. Good night, folks. You've been listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. If you enjoyed this show, consider giving it a like, review, rating, or sharing it with a friend. And be sure to visit smalltownmonsters.com for more info about this and other STM projects.